listening to the Ray of Consciousness podcast. My name is Rachel Gitlovich, and I am a career and life coach. I empower people to show up for themselves and live a magical life. This first season, I'm sitting down with dads and daughters and talking about the lessons they've learned and shedding a light on this dynamic relationship. Hi, hey Ted, good to see you. Thank you so much for coming on to the Ray of Consciousness podcast. He is a friend of mine. I met him through my coach training through CTI. He is also a coach, an entrepreneur, owns his own coaching business, and I'm also a father to a lovely daughter. So having him on here today, he'll tell us a little bit more about himself and excited to get started. So Ted, Thanks again for coming on. Why don't you tell the listeners a little bit more about you? Yeah, thanks for having me. This is, a, this is really fun. I love the topic. Um, so a little bit more about myself. I, um, I'm in Madison, Wisconsin, born and raised here. Um, did a, a wide variety of things career-wise um, and was in the healthcare IT space and started a healthcare IT company called Blue Tree. Um, that was a lot of fun starting a uh, in the startup world. And then we got to the point where we we're about 300 people. And, and I was like, okay, I really want to do what, uh, what feels more aligned with who I am and what I love doing. And that was more in the realm of psychology and coaching. So that's how I made my move to coaching. Um, and did that a couple of years ago. And so that's been really fun. Um, and I also have two kids, actually, I have a eight year old boy and a five month old daughter. Um, and I've, went through the divorce process and everything like that too. So it's been um, quite a ride over the past like 10 years um, with respect to both career and relationships. And um, I think one of the fun things about coaching and just being a human is uh, being able to make a ton of terrible mistakes, but learn from them so that others may make slightly fewer or less terrible mistakes. <laughs> I love that. So true. What would you say has been like a big difference? I know she's only five months old, but what's been like a huge difference between raising a son versus a daughter? Well, you know, that's a good question. I think the difference for me is probably not apparent yet due to how young she is. That being said, um, I think it's so it's highlight what what stood out to me what stood out to me is the difference in where I am in my life as a parent and where I am in my relationship in the two in comparing the two so not saying anything negative at all about my ex-wife but just my, my own personal responsibility uh for for myself and and my life at the time we weren't I didn't feel connected to her I didn't feel connected to my work and um it's not to say I didn't love having my son when he was a baby, but I wasn't as present, like literally physically present or like mentally, emotionally present. And there wasn't the same kind of um, communication and collaboration. Um, and so to be in a, a parenting dynamic now with this little baby where we're like communicating so beautifully and we just love every moment of it. And yeah, we, we get off track a little bit and then we just talk about it right away. And so it's made the, the uh, experience so incredibly unstressful, which is really cool. People must be like, Oh man, that's like baby, that's rough. I'm like, actually I'm having a great time. I'm going to just admit that. So, um, so yeah, I think that's, it's like the, 
how big of an impact that communication and connection in the in the relationship has on the parenting experience. Yeah, absolutely. And so um, something about me is that my parents got divorced when I was five years old and mm-hmm. um, like five-ish, six, when like everything was all finalized. And um, with my dad, it was kind of different. Like he was an alcoholic and not really present as I was growing up. And um, it was really tough, especially right around the time of divorce, like, you know, got like forgotten about at preschool because he was out getting drunk Mm -hmm. and like you know that stuff like I mean it comes out in coaching like it sticks with you like of course like childhood trauma and all of that and so I love hearing that you guys are like a cohesive communicative unit so as she's this like young little infant has she done anything funny recently or tell me something funny oh man you know the thing about um babies I find is that um whatever the parents think is like adorable and fascinating is like horribly boring to everybody else you know it's like oh she made a new sound or like she moved her arm at a slightly different angle than she did yesterday so um I (laughs) I don't know if she's quite um at the stage of doing anything that's entertaining to anybody but her parents and close relatives um Benny, an eight-year-old, he's a, he's a, a walking uh, source of entertainment, I would say. <laughs> <laughs> what did so Benny do? We, yeah, tell me about that. Yeah, so recent, I think a, a good, a pretty good example that hopefully translates into a, into a fun story um, is I got a call from the school. This kind of like sums up what a character is. I got a call from the school that... Um, uh, he was in the nurse's office and he wasn't doing well. And um, I called and the nurse said, hey, like, I, um, I'm glad I reached you. Thanks for stepping out of your meeting. I'm like, what meeting? She's like, oh, Benny said his mom's phone broke and you were in a meeting all day. So he probably wasn't going to be able to reach you guys. I'm like, okay, neither one of those things is true. So that's like fascinating. <laughs> and then like, I was like, you know, um, what's going on with him? She's like, well, he has a pain in his side or like in his stomach ache but it's like it's like in his I don't know it's like his ribs I'm like okay and there I was like does it seem like we're trying to not be in class and the and the nurse is like I don't really know I can't usually sometimes I can tell this one I can't tell so I was like okay he hasn't done this a, a lot so I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt so that she's like come get him I'm like okay so I bring him home and he's like yeah my side really hurts and and I gave him like the pain scale thing so I'm like zero to ten where are you he's like like a six but like sometimes it's like a 10 and then he got really into like giving me pain scale updates all day and um and then anyway we end up like three or four o'clock comes around and he's he's playing with his magic kit because he's like a budding ma- magician so he decides to do he's like let's do some street magic so we end up going to the public library and he makes he made four dollars and 38 cents doing magic tricks for the passers-by blew it all on a hot chocolate immediately thereafter and then stephanie my wife afterwards was like you let him do magic on a day you went home sick from school. And so I was like, okay, you're right. That's kind of like probably sending the wrong message. Um, but he insisted that the pain magically vanished. So anyway, that's just kind of like classic, maybe eight year old and classic. My son is like, you just never really know what's going on. Like what's real, what's going on in their minds. What's like what, when they're being like cheeky and intentionally manipulative or just little kids who, are all over the place. 
Because, <laughs> yeah, I've never, you know, faked sick from school before. Um, <laughs> I used to pull Sarcasm? that all the time. Well, sometimes, yeah. I guess. Like, it, probably right around the time when I was, like, eight or nine. I Oh, I never wanted to be in school. I thought it was yeah. pointless. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Um, so, you know, I think it, it's that's one of the joys of parenting is, like, uh, and I mean, joy sarcastically, but also, also genuinely, it's like figuring out where that balance is of like letting him have, be like, have fun, letting him be a uh, tricky sometimes, but then like boundaries and discipline and all that other good stuff. Um, so that it doesn't get out of hand. Yeah, no, that's so true. The boundaries thing. That's real. <laughs> So Very is there real. anywhere where you feel like it's like a juggling actor anywhere where you feel like you've struggled or even failed? I would say um, the probably the two areas of like most struggle for me that I think probably a lot of divorced parents are, um, can relate to in particular is that especially when you don't have a, an ongoing relationship with the other parent and there's not a lot, there's no collaboration and minimal communication. It's at like half the time, not having any idea what, really any idea what your kid is doing, where they are, who they're with. And it's been, that's been the hardest part, but also like the, you know, because we have the coaching mentality. So I always look for the learning opportunity and the growth opportunity. And it's like very true that that's helped me like with that, the skill of letting go so much because I'm just like can't reach you know might not be able to talk to him for a few days or 10 days if they're on vacation like and uh and just like trusting the universe you know because you really can I mean it'd be nice to be able to keep more tabs on him and stay more connected and be more collaborative and stuff like that but ultimately you don't have control you don't know what's going to happen to you or your kids at any given moment and this is just kind of like brings that more to the surface for me than maybe perhaps for other people who aren't in that situation. So that's been challenging, but like a really cool letting go experience. And then I think the other one related um, is coming back to like the boundaries and, um, and discipline is that again, I think a lot of parents who are in, who are in a divorce situation, a shared placement situation, there can be a desire to, I don't like the word spoil, but there can be a desire to like make the kid happy the whole time and like shower them with attention and like err on the side of like, okay, fine, do that. Or, okay, I'm not going to come down on you for this because your mom's picking up in an hour and I want to leave on a good note and stuff like that. And I think it was really helpful for me in particular, having Stephanie come in to my life and to become a bonus mom and stuff like that, to see my blind spots. And I realized I still had work to do on the discipline and boundary front. And that's been really cool because I can see that um, when he's when he's really testing and pushing, it's on me because I haven't been setting the right boundaries. And when I do, I can see him like relax into that, and it's just such an amazing thing. And I can I can choose to maybe give a message or a consequence that I know is going to make him, you know, pissed off at me uh, and make us not have fun the next two hours or whatever, or be right before I drop him off to school or his mom picks him up. But it's like, that's what he needs for his own, like, you know, personal development. And it's really cool to shift from like, how do I make him happy and, and um, make him like me and like being here versus like, how can I be the best possible dad to him at all times or to the extent I, 
I can. That's beautiful. I love that. Yeah. It's like sometimes you have to have those not so fun conversations so that it like grows them essentially. I know um, growing up, my mom was like super strict and uh, Mm -hmm. she used to, I used to get grounded for like everything, not saying I was like a bad kid or anything, but that was like the time of like, AIM and MySpace and uh-huh. <laughs> talking to random strangers on MySpace. <laughs> oh God! And so she like found that she's like, oh no, <laughs> she's like, no more MySpace. Uh, so, um, but yeah, like one time I got grounded for a whole summer, and she's like, in hindsight, like maybe I shouldn't have done that, maybe not. But I'm like, mom, I turned out just fine. So. Thank you for honestly being overprotective rather than me yeah. trying to go and like to catch a predator. Like, <laughs> so. so you, you found, you feel like her, her, her strictness overall was like helpful for you? I do. Later in life? Later in life, I don't feel like I missed out on anything. Like that was right around the time when I was 13 years old and bratty and annoying. And like, I wanted to hang out at the skate park with all the skater boys. I'm like, didn't get to do that very much, but um, I think I just, yeah. I'm very grateful for it at the end of the day. Well, there's, there's an idea too, like that I've heard, I think, um, yeah, this idea that like discipline is the pathway to freedom. And I think that's like really true for me and I won't go down too far down that path, but when I'm structured and disciplined in a lot of ways, then I can be more creative and like maximize sort of like the freedom and creativity side of sides of my life. And, I feel like what I'm what I what I've grown to see is with parenting is it's very much I think it's it's quite similar and for someone like me who is super playful and irreverent and stuff like that I think in particular I there was this like desire I had this desire to like pass that on to him and it's like screw the man you know think for yourself and I think that was misguided because he naturally has that like he's naturally he naturally is creative and curious just like every kid in their own way right and so what they, what I realize, it seems to me now at least, is those. You just need to create an environment where those things can flourish. Not like you don't need to like bring those things or try to really bring those things out. Kids are naturally like that. But if you create an environment where they feel safe and secure and they know the rules and the boundaries, then they are all of a sudden they're like, I'm ready to like for my creativity to come out. Um, so so that was a cool shift to like uh, that might be seen um non-intuitive yeah no that's a good point and um so one question also I want to ask you is as you go along you learn how to be a better father how to really be the best dad to your kids was there anything that your dad told you that really stuck with you that was some really good advice yeah that's a it's an interesting question because I literally don't think my dad ever gave me life advice and I'm like a really heavy on the advice like kind of thing like you know Benny there are two kinds of people you know like (laughs) and it's and like I I think I do a pretty good job like not lecturing or or like getting too philosophical or whatever um but I always like I had this like um I often thought like I wish my dad was like gonna you know would have given me advice like this is why you should be honest, like things that might seem obvious, but like with honesty and Benny's like lied about some seemingly inconsequential things. And I've, I've even going to pick him up today and think, okay, we're going to talk about this. And I want to explain to him how like, you know, the problem with lying is that 
no people can't trust you and then they never they don't know what's true from you and you eventually can't trust yourself and there's no and you won't feel good and you don't feel good about yourself and it's stressful when you're managing all these you know different pers- perspectives or so anyway i'm really into that but i think that what i what i what i would say though to that is that the sort of like non-advice is a is a advice in a sense too because what my dad wasn't one to be really communicative on these things or to say like, Hey, I'm really like proud of you son and, and stuff like that. But like anytime I needed anything, he was like on top of it. Every sporting event I did, you know, he was at, he was so there for me that um, I think that the, so the, the advice might just be that, that I would give myself from his behavior is like, talking is great and words are great, but how you show up is like communicate so much to your kids. And sometimes words get in the way, in fact, you know, so just like being genuinely present and listening can be a lot more valuable than like, let me tell you like that rant I just went on about honesty, like how effective would that be? I don't know. So, so anyway, yeah, I think that's, that's a lesson I, I got from his, his lack of advice. I love that though, but like being present is so profound and it's honestly something that I wish I had more of is that um, Mm -hmm. when uh, I was growing up, like I was in gymnastics and kind of all these different activities, piano, and he never really was at like any of the recitals or like some of them, you know, he would would definitely come to some, like it's not like he was completely absentee father. Like he was really like Mm -hmm. when he had to be, he was there, but a lot of times he just really wasn't. And I just, all I really, like he would always kind of try to talk and like give me advice. And I'm like, I just want to be heard at the end of the day. Like I just Mm -hmm. want you to listen and be there and, that was like essentially it. And that's kind of how things um, got resolved at the end of the day. But like he ended up passing away from lymphoma five, six years ago, it'll be six years in April. And like towards the end of his life, um, we got really close, but it was still hard to kind of make up lost time. So, you know, I'd kind of um, shed a light on what was going on in my life. I was in college at the time, but then we'd kind of put things down and go play some pool. So that's kind of like, anytime I play pool now, I kind of play for him. So, um, yeah. So that's like something that I always cherish and got to share, but like that presence, you know, in that moment, it was just like, it just felt right. So I'm very, Mm -hmm. always grateful for that. So what are, what would you say are some of your hopes that you have for your, for your kids? You know, I think probably one of the, you know, a a good friend of mine said to me a few years ago, and I really like it, that like our first full-time job is to be ourselves. And it might sound kind of cheesy, but I think it's really true. And to the extent we disregard that, you know, we, we experience a lot of needless suffering. And my hope is that they can, I I think we're in a, a kind of an unprecedented time as far as technology and all the distractions and the ability for like products and ideas to get in front of our kids eyes and on screens and all that stuff. And, and, um, uh, it's another path I could easily go down, but I won't, uh, a rabbit hole of, um, how, how social media and screens are really affecting childhood and a whole generation. Now we're seeing with like generation Z, 
another topic. But but I think for for me, it's like to uh, uh, my hope for them is that you know through the friendships they have and through my parenting and and um, the kind of people they become, they can continue to like be self. They can be self reflective and be them and focus on being themselves and not get sucked into groupthink, which I think is unfortunately another kind of like trend in our in our society and, and driven by social media. And so all these kind of forces that complicate life, but if they can keep it simple and just be themselves and do what they love, it's like be yourself, do what you love, be yourself, do what you love, do that over and over again is like to me, you know, easier said than done, but that's like what I've arrived at myself like later in life after, you know, kind of like being in jobs, relationships, et cetera, that clearly were not, I wasn't connected with and didn't feel right. Um, so part of that is my hope for them is, is an ability to like, like aware, awareness of self and like, you know, self-understanding so they can, you know, even at, uh, you know, relatively young ages, hopefully have some ability to say, uh, like, this is the right path for me. And, and, uh, and I think part of that is a big contri uh, contributing factor is like how well Stephanie and I model that for our kids. And so, so part of it is like hoping, but part of it is like, there's a lot we can do to, uh, again, while letting go and realizing most of the things in life we don't have control over, we can, we can model between the two of us and ourselves, like the, those essential components of like being yourself and uh, doing what you love doing. Yeah, I think that's so important that we forget, like, we put on all these layers of armor and shields, like, throughout our life, because, you know, life tends to get us down, but it's like, it's this unshedding of the layers that's, like, where we become our truest selves, and, like, it mm -hmm. takes work to, like, not put those walls up and not fear, like, protect ourselves and be that, so, you know, it takes going through coach training and going into those deep dark shadowy places of ourselves that are actually like really beautiful in a way and like the things that used to scare me and that I used to be super ashamed of and felt guilty about are like the part that make us so real and raw and I think there's something totally. to say about that yeah that's a really good point and I think you know part of uh it's 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 pretty fascinating to have a kid who's like fresh eyes like you you go like that and they start smiling like everything's so simple and then a kid who like I'm totally crazy about Benny he's eight and I couldn't possibly love him more and he's at that stage in his life where like I would describe it as he's there's like a loss of innocence you know like he's starting to have more self um self-awareness but also self-consciousness would be the word I would use and so there's like he's comparing himself to his peers and on all dimensions and there are you know hierarchies forming and there's an awareness of where you stand in a hierarchy whether it's you know who wants to be your friend or how good you are at sports or whatever the thing is I think part of a like what can make parenting successful I'm hoping and feel better is like embracing that loss of innocence because like you said it's like you're not gonna, you want to protect your kid and like, but you, they have to be exposed to challenges and they have to build scars so their body learns how to heal or, you know, their heart learns how to heal. And like, they're going to feel all kinds of terrible emotions throughout their life. 
And if you just like, it's not like you try to create that for them and like, you know, seek suffering. But if you can embrace that as a parent, it's like so different than resisting it and fearing it. And it's like, yeah, you're going to be, have your heart broken and you're going to feel left out and all those things, but it's all going to build to this like magnificent adult that you'll become. So, you know, to be able to see like the forest through the trees on that is like, you have to be, I think for me, I have to be like intentional because it's easy to get caught up in like, someone's making fun of him. I'm going to go to school and beat that kid. No, edit that out. <laughs> uh, no, I'm, I wouldn't really do that. But, um, but yeah. So anyway, that's, that's kind of a cool lesson too that I've learned. Yeah, no, it's funny as you were saying that, like, I just imagine your daughter, um, older in life like 16 years oh, old God. or 17 at, no. at her prom like shotgun ready <laughs> oh yeah yeah you know I, I, I'm not a gun owner at this stage in my life so I don't know I, I don't know if I will but I was thinking there's um Stephanie and I, are, and I have already talked about that it's like well how can I how could I bring my unique uh weirdness and creepiness to that environment to you know to that context it was just like long, wide-eyed stares, you know, what are your intentions with my daughter, like stuff like that. <laughs> um, but if I have to, if I have to, you know, maybe there'll be like a prop gun or something like that. <laughs> what, a squirt gun? You don't like his answer? Like, That's nope. what I was thinking. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, that, could, that could come off as even scarier. Like this guy's a lunatic. Like I'm just like pumping this <laughs> Nerf gun <laughs> or something and glaring at him. Yeah, with no signs of humor at all. Yeah. <laughs> This is going to be really fun. This is going to be really fun. Yeah. Oh, I like that. That's hilarious. (laughs) Oh, man. Um, Yeah, I think there is something like so profound in terms of like parenting. And like, it just, it fascinates me so much. Like, obviously, like, I'm not a parent, nowhere near really becoming one anytime soon. But I just love like learning about like, like, for example, that's why I had you on. It's like, I just, you are very conscious and present and um I do see you as like an amazing father so hence why I was like really inspired by uh learning more about you and learning more about your story so just a couple questions left here before um we sign off but I want to ask you so the year is 2050 so what is that it's like basically like 30 years from now okay the world is different and I don't even know where we live. Maybe it's up in the sky somewhere. Maybe it's on like a different planet. But what's something that you feel like you would really, is going to be one, a thing of the past. Like you think that'll just be completely forgotten about. And what do you think we'll have available that would be really useful as the new parenting generation? Oh, oh, so like a parenting way of the past that's that's uh, forgotten and then something new? Uh-huh. And this is what I think will happen or this is aspirate? This is what I hope will happen. <laughs> <laughs> let's, uh, let's go into some fulfillment-y things. So, yeah, what, what do we hope for? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. I, I would say what I would hope for, I don't know if I'm going to perfectly answer the question, but, you know, that's okay. It's a um, random weird question. So I <laughs> no, I like it. But, you know, so we're on that planet. I think we've gotten to the point where people, so it's 2050 and people are looking back at like 2019 era at parenting. And one thing that, and so by, by then there had been about two decades of mandatory parenting 
curriculum incorporated into the public school curriculum. And what one thing that people learn is that one like the, the a cornerstone of parenting is not getting sucked into the emotion with your children. And no and children are no longer I'm borrowing this from Kim John Payne, who I highly recommend to all parents uh, as an author. But he said there's no such he says there's no such thing as a disobedient child, just a disoriented child. And so like that idea is now in everybody's head. And so it's not like my kid's having a tantrum. What the hell is wrong with them? It's my kid's having a tantrum. What are they asking for? What am I, what boundary am I not giving them? What clarity am I not giving them? So one of those things, and so the, and then the other piece is parents realizing that when they, when they react emotionally, they are, they're sending a message to their kid. Um, you know how you, you're disoriented? Well, you should be disoriented because I don't even know what the F is going on, you know, and I'm out of control. And so the kid's like, cool, thanks, dad. Now I'm going to do this again tomorrow because like I didn't, wasn't satisfied with my answer. And so um, that's how the pattern kind of plays out from as far as I can see it. So in this future world, there's like so much awareness of these patterns that are so common as far as parents judging the child and not taking responsibility for their own emotional reaction. And so that is that is all in the past. And like, it's just like, it never, you go to Target, no parents are screaming at their kids in line. They're just like, you need to put that gum back or whatever. And everybody's like calm, parents are direct. I think that might sound like a little thing, but I think that's a, that shift from how we look at children uh, as just seeking something from us that we're not giving them and our ability to, to control ourselves would be like a game changer in how kids develop and uh yeah i don't know this is really interesting and i could do it for like an hour and a half so i don't want to say like three <laughs> podcasts worth. but is that is that is that a reasonable answer to that question i like it i'll take it i like okay the, okay I'll, yeah i really like the um like the concept of awareness and i feel like we're growing towards that like even though there's so much messed up things that happen in the world right now and like the media portrays things that are just like our planet is going to shit um there's a lot of really good things happening and i think it's important mm -hmm. to preserve that and like especially when it comes to like the way that kids are raised like we had mentioned this sense of digital mindfulness like where i feel like the generation below is like sucked into their phones and like how do we kind of create more mindfulness as to like how we use technology mm -hmm. it's gonna be something interesting so kind of going into like 2050 like we're literally gonna have knowledge at our fingertips like we'll just be able to see everything and just having that awareness of I can't even imagine what that might be like. You know, I'm thinking about like the old people right now and they look at technology and texting, they're like, oh my goodness, this is crazy. But like for us, we'll be like, yeah, no, back in the day I had an iPhone. <laughs> yeah, we'll totally. Right. <laughs> and then the kids will be like, wait, so your, your device was outside of your body? Like you had to carry it around and look at it? It wasn't like implanted in your brain or in like a contact lens? Like, you know, I had to like physically pick it up. I mean, that's, I think that's, that's a whole different topic that we, again, we could go on, but like, I think is worthy of it. It's like, yeah, technology. And we have part of the challenge of like looking to the future is the rate of technological advancement. Like we have no idea what things are gonna look like in 2050. 
Uh, and but it's like something like what you have described, and then like times like a million of, of things that we don't even know are possible yet. But I think it's you know definitely like I think so important to figure out and you know constantly update as technology comes out. It's like how do I use how do I and then how do I pass it on to my kids? Like use this technology in a way that is like brings out more of my values and helps me toward like my purpose and what I want to accomplish and help me be the person I want to be versus like, where does it get in the way of that? Where is it a distraction or a dopamine hit? And uh, that's something I pay a lot of attention to already. And we do almost no screens and never ask for it. And uh, it's, it's pretty great. You know, it's, and um, yeah. So it's like mind boggling to even think about, you know, like parenting life that far into the future. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And uh, my last question for you is, so imagine, you know, your daughter's at the age of listening to this podcast. What would you really like for her to know? Man, what would I really like for her to know? That's such a good question. I mean, I, I think that, you know, the, the best way I can answer that is like, um, if I had, if I, you know, I could see that, like, let's say I made a bunch of mistakes as a parent and then I'd want her 20 years later or something like that to, to be like, I was always doing my best. I I always loved you or something like that, you know? And I think that like, what, what I think of with that question is how important it is to be thoughtful and be intentional. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to make mistakes and then do stupid things that I regret or that surprise me that I you know, could do that. But I, I don't, I think, it, you know, it's when we just try to like kind of get through the day and, um, you know, we throw our kids in front of screens or we yell at them because we're frustrated and all those things that are very human and I get why they happen. Then we end up feeling like we have to send a message like everything I did was because I loved you and I was always doing my best, you know? So I think like my, like if she's watching this, I hope she's like, you know, and, I hope she's like, you know, yeah, my dad did a good job, like all the way through. And sometimes he pissed me off, but now I see how that was valuable and there isn't anything he needs to like really make up for. That would be my hope that she's like, yep, you, you <laughs> there's nothing else. There's nothing I need to hear from you. We have a, we have a solid relationship. I love that. I love that. Well, thank you again so much for coming on. I have had so much fun talking to you today and I'm excited for what's to come and yeah, keep me in the loop and thank you. I'm super grateful. Yeah, my pleasure. Sounds good. Thank you. Well, there you have it, folks. Thanks so much for listening to the Ray of Consciousness podcast. Feel free to review and rate it. Tell all your friends, share, do the things, all the things. Talk to y'all soon.